This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And great to welcome back to the show former Nintendo of America President and CEO Reggie Fisa May. Reggie, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Thanks, Dan. I am doing well. Hope you're doing well after uh, after this Thanksgiving and as we get into the heat of uh, holiday selling season. Yeah. So, what's it like from your memories about uh, about this time of the year? for the video game industry. How hectic is it? How much expectation is there from, from that industry for, for this period of the year? You know, it's incredibly hectic. You know, certainly all of the key players in the video game industry do a lot of their volume during these, you know, ending 12 weeks or so. Each of the companies takes a, a different approach. You know, this year, Microsoft decided to focus on their Xbox Series X uh, the excuse me, Series S, the system that doesn't use the discs. Uh, I suspect it's because it was a bit more efficient to manufacture, and they they put a great deal out in the marketplace, reducing the cost of that system by fifty dollars, and they had enough inventory to support it. You know, Nintendo took an all-family approach with a bundle including the Mario Kart 8 game, uh, and because they've run this offer before, they had it. They had to add a sweetener by putting in a three-month subscription to their digital online service. Uh, mm-hmm. Of all the three manufacturers, PlayStation really took the, uh, the the less competitive approach, I guess I would call it. They didn't discount their hardware, um, and maybe it's because they're having the most trouble from a production standpoint keeping it in stock. Yeah, that, that's the interesting thing, I guess, about about this industry is that. With, with some of these games, you're talking about a, a production lead time uh, and, and development lead time of a couple of years. So it, it's, it, it really is a longer, I think, run-up to try and, and get everything set for a particular holiday season than, than maybe a lot of other industries out there. Fair to say? Oh, that's absolutely fair to say. You know, certainly, you know, during my experience, we began planning – uh, let's call it Black Friday type of activity uh, by the end of the first quarter in terms of what hardware to focus on, what key software we thought would be out in the marketplace. You know, for Nintendo, we like to have a series of initiatives to excite the consumer. We would typically launch critical new software maybe in October or November uh, and then have the hardware deals to further support it. You know, certainly that's what Nintendo did this year with a, a key launch in October of Splatoon 3, and then they launched their two Pokemon games right before Black Friday. So it absolutely is a heavy planning initiative in order to try and dominate the time frame. How much do they also have to look at, you know, the state of the economy right now, and especially with inflation the way it is and, and with some people uh, the wallets are a little bit tighter this year uh, in terms of the pricing on, on a lot of their options. Oh, that is absolutely a, a, a key issue, and it, it always is. You know, consumers are always sensitive to the total amount that they spend and all of their holiday gifting, and you always have to be aware of it. Certainly this year, even more so, you know, it's tough times out there. Uh, you know, we, we all can read the economic headlines. And so companies need to be very thoughtful about, you know, what they call in the industry their opening price points. 
you know, that's why you see, yeah. for example, you know, key software titles at, you know, 59 or $69. Um, they, they really have to be thinking about what's going to be the overall impact on the consumers. They buy new hardware in two or three games. Is there a part to the industry that you expect to see really surge in the next couple of years? You know, I, I think over the next, let's call it two, three years, the, the, the systems that are out there will continue to be the, the hardware options for consumers. That's the PS5, that's the Xbox Series X and S, that's the Nintendo Switch. I think all of the companies are thinking about their future systems and, and what comes next. Uh, you know, for me, both as someone who's been in the industry and as a consumer, you know, how things move to the cloud, I think, is going to continue to be interesting. And, and whether that's uh, more subscription-like services that, uh, that are made available to a broader range of consumers, uh, I think everyone in the space is thinking about mobile and how to engage more consumers through their mobile devices, either their phone or, or iPads. Um, and I think you're going to continue to see content that blends, you know, not just the typical gameplay that you've seen historically, but much more story-driven games. I, I think that's going to be a key area that this industry is going to innovate on. So the success of, of streaming platforms could play an impact here on, on how on how the video game industry thinks about their uh, marketability moving forward. I certainly think so. I, I, I think it's difficult, for example, for game companies to think about higher price points for a single game than the you know, $69 that we're seeing out there with some content. If you're able, though, to offer a subscription service and get $10 a month or $20 a month from consumers and give them a wider range of, of offerings, you know, the, the the, quote, Netflix of games type of approach, I think that could be a very interesting way for these companies to monetize their consumers. You mentioned about the, the, the element of digital, and, and obviously I think our lives in general have changed so much uh, since digital became such a, a big part in our smartphones and such. And, and, and I, I think it becomes even more interesting with the onset of, of AI and, and AR and VR as to where the next steps are in a lot of these uh, movements in, in video games. Oh, I, I completely agree. Where it comes to, for example, uh, improvements in AI or improvements in machine learning, I, I think that opens a wide range of new experiences that developers can bring to players across the world. I also believe that AR technology has huge potential. We've already seen it with games like Pokemon Go. Uh, certainly there are a number of, of industry players outside of video games that are thinking about uh, augmented reality and, and how that can uh, impact a wide range of entertainment experiences. Personally, I'm, I'm less bullish on VR. You know, VR has been out in the marketplace now you know, more than five years. Uh, it really hasn't broken through in terms of the total number of VR headsets that have been sold. I think the latest offering by Meta, you know, $1,500 headset, you know, clearly is missing the mark in today's tough economic times. 
Uh, and also, there hasn't been a killer VR experience where the consumer has said, I, I absolutely have to go you know, get engaged with this particular game or this particular experience. So th that one, I think, has more challenges than uh, than augmented reality does at this point, which is why I'm, I'm much more of a believer in AR. So let me ask you as well about the metaverse and, and just the concept of it and, and how that may play into the video game uh, industry in the years ahead. You, you know, Dan, I, yeah, I'm certainly old enough to remember that, you know, there was a time when consumers, uh, excuse me, when companies wanted to put .com at the end of their names in order to uh, you know, try and uh, uh, tell people that they were somehow engaged with the Internet and, and how yeah. it was going to be you know, such a great opportunity. I think metaverse as a term is being used the same way because there's not a clear definition of exactly what metaverse gaming or metaverse experience is. To me, you know, the metaverse is something that is a digital experience. It's uh, persistent yet changing. I, I use the analogy of you know, footprints in the sand that yeah. you, know, you, you see my footprints, I see someone else's footprints. It's an environment that's always changing. My, my avatar has value. There's a constant currency. You know, to me, these are the things that define metaverse, and there are already elements of this today. Fortnite has many elements of this with how they're bringing concerts into their digital experience. Uh, obviously, yeah. Roblox uh, has a, a whole economy based on a variety of different digital experiences using one common currency. So I, I see continued advances in these areas. I don't think it's going to be one company that's going to dominate at least my vision of what the metaverse is. Reggie, always great to have you on the show. Thanks for a few moments. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. You got it. Reggie Fisame, who is a former Nintendo of America president and COO. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.